We have three readings. The first is from Ezekiel, chapter 34, verses 11 to 16. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And moving on to Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 to 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then finally, moving on to the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me.
This is the word of the Lord. Well, uh, thank you again for inviting us here today. And Debbie kindly gave us the choice of Bible passages. And the ones we've heard this morning are ones that have spoken to me personally. And they also have links to the work of the YMCA and our chaplaincy work in particular. One of the things that I think comes out from all three passages is a strong sense of how God seeks after us and wants a relationship with us. In the passage from Luke, Jesus notices Zacchaeus up the tree, and he even knows his name. He invites himself round to Zacchaeus' house. Similarly, in the passage from Revelation, it talks about Jesus knocking at the door. All we have to do is open it, and he comes in to eat with us. So in both these passages, we have a picture of Jesus seeking us out, coming to us, wanting to be with us. And if, he, if we let him in, if we open the door, he will come in. The passage from Ezekiel is even more explicit. With, in, in the version I read, in the RSV version, it has a repetition of the word seek. It was search out in the NIV version. And in the RSV version, it says, I myself will search for my sheep. I will seek them out. I will seek out my sheep. I will seek the lost. There is such a sense of God seeking us out, coming to us, wanting to find us, coming to me, coming to you, wanting to find me, wanting to find you. And so we have a God who seeks us out and comes to us. But the passage from Ezekiel goes on to tell us more. And I first remember encountering this passage and meditating on it some months ago. And at the time, someone very close to me was suffering hugely mentally and in other ways. And the words that leapt out at me in the version I read were rescue and lost and bind up the crippled. And as I prayed for that passage and for that person... I had such a sense of how God loves each of us and wants to heal us, wants to, whatever bits of us are broken and hurting. And I went back to that passage a number of times over the following few weeks. And as I continued to pray with the passage and for that person and others in pain, I became not only aware of their pain, but also of my own pain and need of healing and I became more aware of parts of me that are lost and the bit of me that wants to be rescued and the wounds that need gentle binding. But I also became aware of something else which came clear through Ezekiel's words. The overwhelming sense of how much God wants to give us good pasture, how much he wants to give us and give me good things how much he wants to feed us, how much he wants to help us lie down. So overall here, we have a God who knows each of us by name. He knew Zacchaeus' name. Who seeks us out and comes to us. And who knows our wounds, our weaknesses, our frailties, the bits that are broken and hurting, sometimes shameful and often hidden. 
and who takes those wounds and longs to bind them up with his gentle touch and lead us into good pasture. And we know we can approach God honestly with our weaknesses and frailties because we have a God who really understands vulnerability. Jesus knew extreme vulnerability. He was abandoned by his friends and he died on a cross. And in his human life, he was also very sensitive to the vulnerabilities of others. When the desperate woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years touched his cloak in a crowd, he felt the power leave him as she was healed. And whilst Peter protested, it must have just been the crowd pressing against him. Jesus knew it was more than that. He had a deep sensitivity to those who were vulnerable. And I think in the same way in the passage with Zacchaeus, he noticed Zacchaeus, who perhaps on didn't, didn't on first sight seem vulnerable, but he clearly was in a different way. So how does this link with the work of the YMCA? Well, many of the young people we work with in our accommodation projects, counselling, advice and support services, but probably particularly in our accommodation projects, have had fairly terrible things happen to them. They're deeply vulnerable. They have often, pretty much always, been neglected, frequently abused. And in some cases, when they haven't been neglected or abused, they've had to deal with traumatic situations. We've got a number of unaccompanied asylum-seeking young people living with us at the moment. The work of the YMCA is to help these young people to feel as though they matter, to feel they belong, to help them contribute and ultimately to thrive. And I'm going to read you some words uh, from a young man, Ben, which gives you probably a, really, a better picture of the work of the YMCA. My childhood was unsettled by my parents' stormy relationship resulting in their divorce. They both used me as a weapon to get at each other with violent fights over who would see us and who owned what, so I ran away when I was 14. I stayed at random people's houses and dealt drugs to support myself. I ended up taking them myself, but in this vulnerable state I was abused while staying at one man's house. Because I lived in a small town, this soon got back to my family, who took me back home, but the damage was already done. I was addicted to heroin and taking other drugs to block out reality. Living with my mum turned bad after the divorce. She started laying into me and I had a nervous breakdown. I was sectioned, but the hospital took me off all my medication apart from methadone and kicked me out. I had nowhere to live and a mental health problem with no support or medication. I started sofa surfing and sleeping rough until thankfully I was able to move into the local YMCA. They gave me two meals a day and a comfortable room to stay in. I got support from the housing team and I was offered counselling. I lived at the YMCA for about two years before moving on to live more independently at another YMCA property. I lived there for 18 months until I was offered a house by the local council. I'm now finished with drugs 
and working part-time. If I hadn't had a room at the YMCA, which was the one in Guildford, then I don't know where I would be today, probably laying dead in a gutter. So I hope Ben's story gives you a picture of one element of the work of our YMCA. I feel very lucky to work for this organisation. I see it as the hands of God reaching out, binding wounds, gentle, compassionate, protective hands, and ultimately hands that want to let go of the young people, hopefully in a better place in their lives. This work is mostly done by our dedicated housing support workers who are of all faiths and none. Our chaplaincy services, which I'm responsible for, complement and add to this work. We now have teams of volunteer chaplains at four housing projects across the patch. We have about 30 volunteer chaplains. They're ordinary people from churches and faith groups. Um, and the next team we're gathering, in the process of gathering at the moment, is in, at Guildford Wise Centre. All our chaplaincies are informal and weekly. In some projects, the chaplains go in each week and cook a meal with the young people and sit and chat and eat. And at other projects, the chaplains put on activities. In all our chaplaincies, a key aspect aspect is that the chaplains are there to listen to the young people about anything that they want to bring up. They're there to help them know that they matter, that they belong, and that there are people in the community that care about them. Through chaplaincy, we also give the young people the opportunity to explore faith and to ask for prayer. And we're gradually introducing prayer boxes in our chaplaincies. Uh, and the first one has been well used, um, and the second one's about to, to go in. Although chaplaincy is weekly at all our projects, individual chaplains only have a commitment of going in once every two to three weeks, and they're always working in small teams each time they go in. In Guildford, we're looking for around 15 people, and they'll be going in teams of four to five each week and putting on activities. If you want to get involved in the work or find out a bit more, come and speak to me afterwards or pick up one of these booklets. There's some on the uh, pews and some outside. Um, um, we'd also be grateful for any financial support to help meet the costs of chaplaincy, which is mainly the cost of putting on the meals and activities. Going back to the passages, Zacchaeus climbed the tree wanting to see Jesus. Revelation says, Jesus will come in and eat with us if we open the door. Any movement we make towards Jesus, any opening of the door or climbing the tree, allows him to help us, to reveal more of himself to us, to show us more of his tender love. Every time we pray, Every time we are honest with Christ about our weaknesses, fears and failures and invite his help. Every time we notice the gifts he, was given, he has given us and the beautiful world around us. Every time we do something, even the washing up, with love. 
every time we reach out to those marginalised, poor, lonely or in pain, every time we seek justice, every time we make any movement towards him, allows him to come in. To come in and reveal more of his grace and mercy to us and help us to know we're loved, not for what we do or achieve, but just as we are, broken, fragile, imperfect and beautiful. But Jesus doesn't just reveal his grace and mercy to us. He also reveals it through us. It is hard to believe, but in the words of Jean Vanier, this vulnerable, tender Jesus needs us. So let's be grateful for our weaknesses. They help us to realise how much we need Jesus. And Jesus can use them to help us be aware of other people's vulnerabilities, which are sometimes not obvious, and to be sensitive to them. As um, one of our mission partners, we thought it'd be really helpful if I just spent a few minutes just updating you on the work of the YMCA, maybe for some of you just introducing you to, to some of the key features of the YMCA. So, um, okay. For those of you that don't know much about the YMCA, the YMCA was founded in 1844 and is now an international movement. Um, this YMCA is in 115 countries and 55 million people across the globe use YMCA services. Unfortunately, we still seem to be best known for the 1970s village people song, the YMCA, but there are 55 million people that do use the YMCA. Um, Our vision starts with a Christian foundation. So we were founded with Christian principles and that Christian foundation is still an important part of the YMCA today. We see ourselves as a youth-minded community approach organisation. So the YMCA's work's always focused on specifically on young people but actually YMCA's are rooted in local communities across this country and across the world so working with local communities is really important part of what we do. Our work with young people aims to, as Lucy was explaining, to help young people feel that they can belong, that they can contribute and they can thrive in their local communities. So that's our vision. In terms of our mission, we are very focused on young people that we would say are on the margins of society, those that feel excluded. Um, it's not that clear, this picture, but it's very powerful, a picture of, of, a, of, of a young woman just asking the question, does, does anyone notice her? So often it's so easy to pass by those young people who are on the margins of our society. So our work, whether it's our housing, our education work, our counselling works, focused around those young people so that they feel that they have a real stake in their community, that they can belong, contribute and thrive. YMCA Downsink Group is a, is, a, is a grouping of YMCA's across Sussex and Surrey that over the last sort of few years have decided that actually it's important that we work more collaboratively together um, to increase the capacity and impact of our work. So, so that's just a bit of a map of the YMCA's that are part of YMCA Downsink Group. And um, your local YMCA, Horsham, joined the grouping around um, two, three, three, four years ago now. So, um, and... Um, and is part of YMCA Downsink Group. One of the um, most important pieces of work that we've been involved in in the YMCA in Guildford is, 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 as Debbie mentioned, um, our project at Midway House, which was 
originally a building built in the 1950s that had some office accommodation and, um, and 12 units of accommodation on, 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 on the first floor. And um, that's a picture of it. And actually, when we were last here, I think it was about 15 months ago, that probably picture was probably taken 15 months ago because we were just on site 15 months ago starting this project, which was recognising that the building was old and, and maybe wasn't necessarily delivering as much as it could do in terms of the mission of the YMCA. And we had a vision for increasing the amount of accommodation that the, the, the building could provide um, and, and actually focusing the building on helping young people really get into work. So I think this, in this day and age, employment becomes much harder for young people. So focusing on young people having the training and skills to, um, to, to, to enter into employment so that they can actively contribute and thrive in their local community. So it will be known as the YMCA Guildford Foyer, and foyers have a national reputation around both providing housing but also around the skills and training aspects. So, so that's where we were 15 months ago. That was our architect's vision for what it would look like. And, um, and um, that vision was due to cost us £2.8 million, pounds, of which we'd already got £1.4 through a national grant, and the YMCA committed to putting £1.4 million of its own resources into, into the building. So, and, we've been, and this is what it looks like now, at the moment. So that picture was taken just a few days ago. Um, so it's certainly changing a lot. And... and um, we're expecting it to be completed in October. We have 26 young people that are already identified to move in out of the 34, and, um, and it'll be a really exciting, really, really exciting project. Um, I think especially in areas like Guildford, for young people to actually be able to afford somewhere to live is, is, is increasingly hard. So they'll each have their own sort of studio flats with um, their own sort of cooking and um, sort of bathroom facilities, and... Some of those young people will be living there will be those who are at the point of being ready to engage in work and learning. Someone like, maybe like Ben, who sort of has gone through that sort of process. Others will be actively in work and learning, employability, apprenticeship training programmes, and some will be actually in employment and it will provide an, in, uh, a local and affordable place for them to live. One or two other things that we're, um, that we're, we're involved in with Guildford, just to update you, Lucy mentioned the young asylum seekers when she was talking. So over the last 12 months, we've developed a, a partnership with the county council who have a responsibility to take some of the young, young unaccompanied asylum seekers coming into the country. So at the moment, we have about 10 young unaccompanied asylum seekers living in our main project in Bridge Street um, who come from a number of parts of the world, um, and again, if we talk about marginalised young people, they're probably the most marginalised in the globe. Those that are, are leaving their country, they feel they have no choice and coming to this country with, very, with no parental kind of supervision. So, so that work's been really important. It's been a really lovely piece of work to see those young people starting to mix with the students who live with us and the other young people in supported housing and a sense of building a community in, in, in Guildford and so We've also got a, a, a new manager in, in Guildford, Paul, who joined us a few weeks ago, who's, who, who heads up YMCA Guildford. And, um, and he, Steve, who was there before, has moved down to one of our, 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 our areas in Sussex, which is more local to where he lives. So hopefully Paul will be able to come out at some point or certainly engage with Mike and Alex as, as your leads around being mission partners. Um, and the other piece of work that's been really developing well in, in, in Guildford is, and um, I know you've supported financially, is what we call YMCA Positive Placements, which is the um, linking 
volunteer mentors in the community with young people who want to move forward in their lives, who maybe want to get into employment or into education, but maybe need that bit of encouragement through mentoring support, maybe if that's thinking about CVs or interviews. So, so we started Unwanted Positive Placements in Guildford just over a year ago. We have a small team and a number of young people really valuing that service. So a real thank you to you for your financial support that's enabled that to happen. I think we're just going to end with a short video, which um, is a sort of video we've created that just explains and introduces our, our Midway House and, and the fundraising appeal around that. So. This is Em. She's always had a difficult relationship with her mum, but when she came home after finishing at university, things escalated to the point where her mum told her to leave home. My mum was quite emotionally abusive to me growing up, so I found that quite hard. Next minute, my mum was like, get out of my house, don't want you here. You know, you're, you're a burden to me, leave. Just being young and not having any idea where you're going or what's gonna happen to you. Unfortunately, M isn't alone. You'll rarely see young people sleeping rough in doorways in Guildford, but don't let that fool you. An affluent town doesn't necessarily make for safe and loving homes. There are many reasons why young people can't continue to stay at home. And when home is no longer an option, finding another place to live is often impossible. If I didn't know about the YMCA, I honestly don't know where I would have ended up. YMCA Downslink Group is a network of local YMCAs across Surrey and Sussex, providing accommodation and support for young people like M. 77 young people were referred to YMCA Guildford last year in need of supported accommodation. Some of these young people were rough sleeping or sofa surfing. Some had to leave the family home due to relationship breakdown. Others were leaving the care system. Of those 77 referrals, only 25 were housed in YMCA accommodation, which means that for over 60% of those young people, sadly, the organisation didn't have the capacity to help. CEO Chaz Walker is passionate about helping more local young people in need of housing. We have worked tirelessly to fund one particular project, a new YMCA foyer in Guildford. Now we need your help to add the finishing touches. Located on Wharf Road, next to Guildford Cricket Ground, the YMCA Guildford foyer will provide an additional 34 rooms, giving more local young people a safe space in which to grow into independence, find employment and make a positive contribution in return for the support they receive. We've done the hard part. We're building the house, but now we need your help to make it a home. This is where you come in. YMCA Downslink Group has already secured one and a quarter million from the government's Homes and Communities Agency and then added its own funds to the tune of 1.3 million. Now they need you to sponsor one of the spaces in the building or donate goods and services so that more young people can be given a chance. Local authority funding cuts are here to stay and we're reaching a point where without support from local companies in the community, projects like this simply won't be possible. Your support, whether as a company, organisation or individual, will be recognised on a sponsorship wall in the foyer reception area. As a company, you'll also have the right to use a partnership logo on your marketing materials to promote the fact that you're supporting young people in your local community. 
Why not make it a whole company initiative and encourage your employees to volunteer or fundraise, for example, by taking part in an annual event like Sleep Easy? Company-wide volunteering can also make great team-building exercises. It's, it's an investment. It's not, it's not for our money that's just going to be thrown away. It's an investment. It's investing in young people and their future. Young people right now could be the next CEOs of massive you know, companies, but they need, they need the breakthrough that they have never had. Anything you can give will make a huge difference to the young people we support. We're building the house. Please help make it a home.